We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> It may be the nighttime, but the sports talk doesn't stop. Sports talk radio that's live, local, and not for the faint of heart. Oh, you didn't know? Sometimes angry. Loud noises! Telling it like it is. You insulted him a little bit. You got a little out of order yourself. And pretty much always right. Don't ever argue with the big dog. Big dog is always right. Text or call 404-741-0929 and be part of the show. Well, we're waiting from the Kia Studios. It's time for the John Chuckery Show. Serving you up sports on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome into Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Yes, it is time for the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out with you in the Kia Studios this evening with you for the full four. We're asking you to download the Odyssey app. You're not in the car as much. You want to listen in Put the Odyssey app on one of your devices today. Take the smartphone, take the Alexa speakers, take the tablet, take your Atari 2600, your Intellivision, your turntable, your boombox, whatever your device is, just download on something to be able to catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 9 on the Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show, follow us on our personal Twitter pages. I'm at JMCH316. That, of course, your water cooler talking points three to six months in advance of anybody else that is out there producing the show. He is back. We've made it to a Tuesday, so we get our regular producer back, Dylan, in the house. Dylan. At underscore Dylan Matthews. All right, we are um, we're watching Braves, but it seems like the, the Braves-Mets in game two is the side story. Because I think every media person in Atlanta is in Rome, Georgia right now. And no, they're not having a celebratory parade for Arn Anderson in Rome tonight. Mike Soroka's going to make his first rehab start there. Okay, like, I understand it's a it's a big deal, and I guess with everything else going on, I don't know. I mean, I'll believe Mike Soroka's back and pitching for the Braves when on a Tuesday night they hand him the ball, you know, at Truist Park or some – Random MLB stadium and back. I mean, I've been down this road before. I've what's what's the old saying, Dylan? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, no. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Right? And I've been down this road with Soroka about all the hype about coming back and this, that, and the other. Blah 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 blah. Right? And it just hasn't materialized. I'm not wishing ill will. Not saying it's not going to happen. It's just I'll believe it happens when it happens. So. If you're in the Atlanta media, you're probably up in Rome, Georgia right now. This is the, I mean, again, when's the last time Rome, Georgia had this many blue checkmark media people invade it? Have there been any other big stories up in Rome that you can think of in your lifetime? No, I, I mean, really can't. <laughs> nothing going on at Agnes Scott or nothing like that, right? 
I can't think of anything. Uh-uh. I can't so think of anything I, I, either. Again, I don't remember. Did Arn Anderson have his retirement uh, parade up there? He's from Rome, Georgia. So I don't know. I, I don't know. Was there was there a horseman convention up in Rome that might have gotten a whole lot of blue checkmark media people? I don't know. But everybody in the world is up in Rome uh, tonight. Friends, colleagues, people that we know alike uh, up there. So we'll see what happens. But obviously we're going to be focused on what the Braves do here in Atlanta as they get ready for game number two against the Mets. So here's your lineup uh, tonight. Ronnie and Wright, Dansby at short, Riley in uh, at third, Olsen uh, at first, Darno behind the dish, Contreras will DH again, Vaughn Grissom at second, Michael Harrison center, and Robbie Grossman going to get the start in left field, and he'll bat ninth with Charlie Morton on the mound. I'd like to see Michael. I'd like to see Grissom and Harris in the eight nine spots because it sort of feels like I'll say it. Sort of feels like you have almost like the pitcher hitting when you have Robbie Grossman up there. Let me have my two speed on base guys on. By the way, are we still? Um, are, are the textures, Dylan? I still are they still telling me to slow down and not get overhyped and excited about Vaughn Grissom or anything like that? I As, sure hope not. Okay, because that's what I was told on the text line last week when I talked about the Braves. You know, I couldn't remember if he's you or Day Day or Jarvis or who was producing last week <laughs> when when we went over all that, right? About you know. Because I had people in the text line, oh Chuckry, you you gotta you gotta not get so hyped up, or or you gotta take it slow or whatever. I you're 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 going out in front of your skis and all. Okay, Grissom been fine, right? What did he do last night? He set another record. So first guy since 1987 to score six runs in six straight games. And again, let let's go through the list again. Here's the list of all of the players since 1901 that have in their first six games as a Brave, okay, Boston, Milwaukee, Atlanta. Here's the whole list. Let's go through it, right? The the list of Braves players since 1901 that have scored runs in their first six games, okay? Vaughn Grissom, that's it. That's the list. That's the list. That's, that's the tweet. Yep, that's it. Ain't nobody else. So what's he hit? He's hitting like 480 or something like that, right? Well, we will. I'll, I'll save. I'll save my comment for Thursday because I got. I I got another topic idea that deals with Vaughn Grissom for for Thursday. So we'll we'll save it for all of that. We will give kudos to Brian Snitker coming up here at uh, seven twenty. Uh, Joe Patrick. Speaking of kudos, he is going to join us at seven forty. We'll talk some Falcons foosball with him as Falcons are preparing to get ready to take on the Detroit Lions. Or not Detroit Lions. I just played the Detroit Lions. The New York Jets up in. I guess they play in New Jersey. They don't play in New York. They're New York Jets that play in New Jersey, right? They play at that. What do they call that thing? What's that? What's that? What's that stadium? Isn't it MetLife? Is it MetLife? I think okay. it's MetLife Field. I think. Okay, yeah. It, it's in. It's they had WrestleMania there a few years ago. It's the big outdoor stadium. The Giants and the Jets play there. It's not the Meadowlands anymore. I know that. It's not the Meadowlands. So, so Falcons get ready for preseason game number two. Of course, we'll have all the action right here on your home of the Falcons, ninety-two nine. The game. We'll get the Falcons fly over the top of the hour. We'll have all kinds of audio. From everybody, um, you know, fun to be down at Mercedes-Benz last night. Good environment, fun event uh, down there. Getting to see the Falcons, get some work in, and this, that, and the other. Um, man, I don't, I, I don't know who's got the money for those end zone suites, but brother, let me tell you, you could do a lot worse in your life if than than buy a suite in the end zone and watch the Falcons there every week. Like that thing was pretty sweet. I gotta admit. 
It would be even sweeter if they hadn't had the refrigerator locked, but that's another thing. You, um, <laughs> you, you maybe snuck in there and stole, stole a beverage or two? Or not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What makes you think we didn't do that anyway? But anyway, not there. We went, we, we just, we kind of roamed around. <laughs> we were looking for food and drink. Right. I'll admit, I mean, you know, listen, it's over at this point. Statue of limitations is gone or whatever like that. So, uh, anyway, but uh, fun event. Um, yeah, that, that's a really cool area being in those end zone suites, uh, what have you. So very, uh, very neat stuff. But uh, we'll get the Falcons flower coming up at the uh, the top uh, of the hour. Oh, um, also too today, the Mets who are trying to copy the Braves, of course, because you know we've been their big brother for these last handful of years. Uh, the Mets have called up third baseman, and I didn't even look to see if he's in the starting lineup uh, tonight for the Mets. But uh, Brett, uh, is it Batty or Beatty? Brett Beatty, B-A-T-Y. I don't know if it's Batty or Beatty. Um, it's it's Brett who really cares because he's a Met. I don't really give a flip. Um, he's one of the top prospects in baseball. He has been brought up 22 years old, expected to fly to Atlanta, um, where the Mets will play their game uh, tonight. Um, all right, he's not in the lineup. Okay, so there you go. Uh, infielder Luis uh, Guillaume was put on the injured list Monday with a groin strain. So... He's ranked as the 37th best product in baseball by ESPN's Kylie McDaniel. Left-handed hitting slugger, 12th overall in the 2019 draft. Um, He's been in double-A most of the year, and he had a week's worth of games at triple-A. Well, it must not be that good if they had to send him to triple-A. We don't send our guys to triple-A. We just bring them right up from our double-A club. (laughs) What is true? We don't need the stripers. He's got he's hitting 315 with 19 homers and 60 RBI. So I'm uh, doing some work down in Double A, but pfft, you know if you have to bring it, if you have to resort to bringing your guys up through Triple A to get them the big league club, you ain't doing a very good job of scouting and developing and anything like that. Unlike the Braves, if they ain't ready straight from Double A. We don't want them. I mean, I I'm more concerned to be honest with you about you know the club in Buford. Like, are they just going to shut that down and we're just going to have you know? Gulfport and Rome and then Mississippi because we just pulled our prospects right up from Mississippi. We don't even we don't even wait for them to go to Buford or take a Partridge family bus, you know, from from you know Mississippi to you know uh, Gwinnett County, Georgia, right? Which is a shame too because they got an, actually a very nice facility up there, at Gwinnett. They do. It's a beautiful, cool Ray Field. Is yeah, it's beautiful, a beautiful facility. Well, they'll keep it all open because they got Atlanta United too. Oh, that, that's, that's a good there. point. Yeah, yeah so you're they've right, got you're they right. got Atlanta United too that plays up there, but. I mean, I don't even know if we need a triple-A club at this point, do we? I mean, all of our guys, just we just jumped them right up. We don't even need it. We just – we look at our triple-A club and like, all right, that's cute. Let's go to the majors. Yeah, let, let's let's head up to the majors. Wasn't it uh, Bob Horner, right? He never played a game of major league baseball – or minor league baseball, right? He went he went right from drafted in, out of college. I want to say – see, did Bob Horner – let's see. Let's see if my memory remembers right. I think Bob Horner played at Arizona State. Did he play at Arizona State, or did he even play college ball? But I don't think he played in the minors at all. I think he came right to the big leagues from wherever the Braves drafted him. I can't remember if he played college baseball or if he came right from high school out of all that. Been way, way too long because that would have been like late 70s, right? 78, 79 or whatever like that when when he was coming up. But anyway, so the Mets are bringing up one of their top prospects, and I wouldn't be surprised you know, tomorrow he, he did play for Arizona State? Okay, how about that? How's that for a memory, huh? Yeah. So you don't have to ask me about, you know, these crazy things. I'm, unlike, you know, I've lived a little bit. 
You, you know, I, yeah. I got a little bit of life underneath my feet. Hey, man, you got the memory of an elephant. Elephants got very good memory. So you, you look at you. Well, listen, we're uh, we're trying to learn. So I'm I'm not quite at freaky level yet, but um, but we're getting there. Um, Charlie Morton again taking the mound uh, tonight. Um, it does look like Morton has got some things figured out, right? John uh, Freaky, him, the guy from the morning show. Um, still up over ten strikeouts per nine innings. So, uh, look, now it gets interesting because you know the Braves are trying to figure out who's going to be the starter coming up on Thursday, and all that guy's got to do, whoever's going to start on Thursday, all they have to do is match up against Jacob DeGrom. No big deal. I mean, it, it's it's cool. I mean, it's it's not really a big deal or anything like that. Uh, tonight in the game, uh, by the way, the uh, Mets will uh, counter with Taiwan Walker. Who's, he's another guy that's had a good year for the Mets, 10-3, and 3-4-3 ERA. Um, Morton is only 5-5 five and five with a 4-2-6 ERA. It's, it's been a weird season for Charlie Morton. Is this going to be Morton's – Last season, you think he's going to retire or is he going to take the $20 million he's got coming next year to him? I, I wonder because Morton at this point, how old is uh, Morton? Let's see. Morton at this point is 38. Uh, again, 5-5 five and five with a 4-2-6 ERA. He's got 122 innings pitch, 141 strikeouts, a 1.207 uh, whip uh, on the season. Over three strikeouts or, yeah, over three strikeouts to walk. So that's a really good ratio up there but obviously it's just been a weird season and obviously you know he came into the shortened spring training at a disadvantage coming off an injury coming off you know right the broken leg in the world series last year right so coming off injury then you didn't get much you know training camp you you, you know trying to come right in trying to figure some things out so it got off to a bad start but Morton has figured some things out here you know here these last you know last few months and most importantly is his swing and miss stuff is back that's that's the thing, you know, up and over 10 strikeouts uh, per nine innings. So his um, his two starts in August, um, one was really good, you know, to start, and then his last start, he stunk it up, right? Stunk it up against the Red Sox, was really good against Philadelphia. So hopefully we get the good Charlie Morton because of late, you know, he's been one really good start, one lousy start, right? His last four starts, last start was six innings and five runs. The start before that, six and two-thirds with no runs. Five uh, innings of four runs, and then six innings of no runs to start before that, right? So it's kind of hit or miss what you get. Then it was five and five runs, and then seven and two runs. So, you know, it's been one good, one not so good, and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully he'll get some things uh, going tonight. Last night, Braves had 15 hits in that game. 15 hits. So, um, yeah, it says uh, uh, Ted Turner wanted Bob to, to wrestle. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I wouldn't have been surprised at all if Ted Turner put Bob Horner on uh, the 605. Do you know what the 605 is? Is that a train? God. Is that a train route? <sighs> is that the old martyr route? Man. I'm good. That's what I'm going with. It's the old martyr route. Okay. Can you take a can you take a bus to the 605? 605 on Saturday night. Oh, is that a club? Oh man. You see what I work with? 605 on Saturday night huh? sounds like a club joint. Huh? See what I work with? Six oh five on Saturday night. See if Dylan, you know, could look that up and learn and all that kind of stuff, and see if he see if he knows. I'll figure it out during the break. Yeah, you will. You will. And and if I'm telling you it, you could probably kind of put two and two together about what what it probably involves. Oh, it's something wrestling. R e s s l i n. That's wrestling. Wrestling. Anyway, all right. Uh, when we come back, kudos to Snit. I'm even going to sing a little bit, so, you know, cover your ears if need be, but not for very long. Chuck, we're hanging out with you in the Kia Studios. Sports right now to the game, odyssey.com app. And now I'm standing right here with 
Tears with tears streaming from my eyes. See your mother raised to find your man. And I know I missed so much of you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show, live in the Key Studios, Tuesday night with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Open and ready for your comments. At uh, 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Odyssey app site, catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. I'm at JMSH316. Hey, uh, Kenny Main has joined the Odyssey Fem with his new podcast. Everybody say it with me. Hey, hey Main. Each week, Kenny's going to be talking to athletes, musicians, celebrities, just about anybody else. Uh, Bill Walton on uh, this Thursday. So uh, Chris Berman among some of the uh, previous guests. Hey, hey, Tommy. Tommy. Hey, hey, Tommy. Pretty good. Hey, pretty good. Anyway, Berman among others, a previous guest. Download Hey, Main for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. We'll talk to our buddy Joe Patrick coming up here in about 20 minutes from right now. You know, as I was, you know, obviously didn't get to watch the game last night because, you know, we were on air from Mercedes-Benz Stadium and they didn't really have the game on on the uh, Halo board or anything like that. But, you know, rain delay and all that, and I was a little bit surprised that Strider came back out, was glad that he did. He pitched terrific considering, you know, he had to go through – what, how, how, how long was that rain delay last night? Was it like an hour and a half or something like that? I think it was 55 okay. minutes. It's almost an hour rain delay last night. He came back. The Mets pulled their pitcher. They pulled Carrasco after only two innings. But uh, Strider stayed in and got five innings of work in. But last night, the Braves had 15 hits. And last night at the top of the order, the the top two guys, Ronnie and Dansby, last night, they went six for nine with six RBI and scored three runs and didn't hit a ball out of the ballpark. Now, they did hit a couple of home runs in the game last night, but 15 hits, 13 runs, they did it. And if you look at that lineup last night, Ronnie, Dansby, Riley, Olsen, Contreras, Rosario, Darno, Grissom, Harris. Can I tell you? Mwah. I say this, Mwah. bellissimo to Brian Snitker. That's the perfect lineup. You notice who I didn't say in that lineup? Marcel, who did I not say? You did not say Marcelo Zuna. Right, right. Um, how about this for the entire month of July and August, by the way? July and August, okay? 34 games, a buck 89 with a 223 OPS. Or, or on base percentage, excuse me. His OPS is 587. He has 14 RBI. And 25 hits, right? That's 39. Okay, he's got 36 strikeouts. 36 strikeouts and 139 plate appearances. P.U. And I thought last night was the lineup, and and I'll even say tonight's lineup, you know, although I like it better when it's Grissom and Harris at 8-9, but that was the perfect lineup last night. And, and it got me thinking, 
okay? Because we know how Snicker likes to play around the lineups and all this kind of stuff. But after I saw that, it made me think of that Billy Joel song, Just the Way You Are, right? And how the song starts off. Don't go changing to try and please me. You never, you never let me down before. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll stop singing because everybody's ears are going to bleed. It, so. um, keep Marcelo Zuna out at least through this week. I don't want to see him against the Mets. I don't want to see him against the Astros. I don't want to see him. Let him have, send him to the beach. Let him go fishing. Send him up to Rome to watch Soroka. Let him be the scout for Mike Soroka. I don't care. Let me, at least for this week, with these two teams that we're having to play, the Mets and the Astros, two of the four or five best teams in all of baseball. That lineup was perfect. Give me the two guys at the top. Let me have my two guys at the bottom, my guys in the middle of everybody that doesn't include Ozuna. And it's fine. You want to mix Grossman in left or Rosario. I don't care. I just I want I want my Ronnie and Dansby at the top. I want my Vaughn Grissom and my Michael Harris at the bottom, and I want no Ozuna anywhere through the middle. Can I have that for a week? And obviously Ozuna not in the lineup again. Now, why do I have this bad feeling that tomorrow we're going to see Ozuna in the lineup? Like a couple days later, and he's going to get you know another start at all of this. But if you told me that Azuna is going to get the week off, like, let's send him to the beach. Let's send him. What's that? Um, oh, God. What's that lake in Alabama, the big fishing lake right over the border, right in over the, over the Georgia border in Alabama? Oh, gosh. Great bass fishing lake or whatever. Send him there. Just let, send him to the beach. Send him wherever. Let him have the week off. Enjoy your week off, Marcel. I don't need him flailing away. I don't need him taking pitches. Is it Lake Guntersville? No, it's not Guntersville. No, but you're not far away, though. Um, Gun- Lake Guntersville is over where my dad lives. Lake Martin? No. Okay. Look up, like, the best bass fishing lake in Alabama or whatever like that. Somebody will text me with it because they'll have, they'll, have, um, they'll have all of that. But um, – Look, right now we talked about we got to win three out of four games against these dirt bags, right? We and we got to win three out of four. I ain't got time to worry about can I get Ozuna out of a slump? Can he get them things figured out? He's clogging up the middle of my lineup. He can't get on base. Yeah, he again hits the occasional home run. That's the guy in St. Louis. Welcome to it. I've told you this for two years. Yeah, Lake Eufaula. There you go. Lake Eufaula. Send him there. Rent a pontoon boat and a cabin on the lake and let him go fishing for a week. I don't want to see him against the Mets. I don't want to see him against the Astros. That lineup last night was perfect. Perfect. And what happened? 15 hits last night. 13 runs. I got to have him in the middle of the middle of the lineup, killing a rally, not getting anything done, because he ain't driving anybody in, ain't moving anybody along, he ain't gonna drive in a run unless he hits it out of the ballpark. And again, you know, it's crazy to think, but they've got you know two years and thirty-two million left with this guy. 
It's been a disaster of a season in a lot of ways. Yeah, he's got good home run totals. But right now, when we have to win three out of four, and then the Astros come right in behind, and we're razor-sharp focused on pennant race in the middle of all this, I need my best, most productive guys out there. I need my I need my guys in their ideal spot. That's why I say I want Ronnie and Dansby at the top. I want Grissom and Harris in the eight nine hole. And how you mix them? And I want Contreras at DH, at least for the. I understand you can't play the next fifty games or whatever without that, right? You you got to get you know Contreras can't you know he's not going to play the rest of your he's your backup catcher, right? You're not trying to burn everybody out. I get all that. I'm with you, but for this week which is the Mets and the Astros. For this week, give me that lineup, Snit. And I thought it was perfect last night. I don't really have much of an issue even with tonight's lineup. Although, like I said, I, I like Grissom and Harris at the 8-9 spot. I like all that speed at the bottom of my order. Because Robbie Grossman feels like one of those guys that he's going to get on base and he's going to just clog up the base paths, right? Because he ain't going to score from – he ain't scoring even at a ball to the wall, right? Like, I haven't seen anything that tells me that he's going to score, you know, on he's going to score from first on a double. Maybe he can. Maybe he's got some wheels and he can motor around a little bit. But that's why I like Grissom and Harris at the bottom. While Dansby and Ronnie go up there and slap it around and they bonk him off the wall and down the line here and an oppo here and a this, that, the other, right? Those guys can just all run around and do their thing. And what do we talk about? You know, you're not just going to sit back and just power your way through it. You, you got to take it. You got to have some key hits, some clutch hits, drive some guys in, you know, in other ways besides the home run. And again, Dansby and Ronnie, six hits and six RBI and three runs scored, and neither guy homered in the game last night. That's what you love to see. That's the good mix. You've got the power, you got the speed, you got the ability to drive guys in at different points in the lineup, right? And you don't have slugs clogging things up mucking and miring and bogged down and in the mud, right? In the wet, soppy, red clay mud. You ever been in that thick, muck, red clay mud and you got boots or shoes on and you step in the mud and literally it's so thick and gooped up, you like pull your foot up and you come out of your shoe? That's, that's Ozuna in the lineup. Mucked and mired and gooped and gunked and, you know, gaped up and just caked on and just mucked up, right? So I give Snicker credit, you know, two nights in a row that he sat Marcelo Zuna, and I like the I like the way the lineup is constructed. Brother, this lineup is deep. It is deep. And the contributions that you're getting from the top, from the bottom, like we said before, even if some guys through the middle aren't hitting, okay, you have so much speed and on base from your bottom and your top. Just get those guys on and make some contact. Make some contact and move them around. Let them steal. Let them take third base. You know, they can go from first to third on a single, right? Let them move around a little bit. Let them do their thing. Use their legs as an advantage. And you put so much pressure on the defense and the pitching. So much pressure from four of those guys. That's what I love to see about this. And then 
A pitcher makes a mistake to Riley or Olsen and Contreras, and bang, out it goes. You know, Or it's a double off the wall, and everybody's just running the bases like we're playing pinball. Right? I ain't got nothing in the middle. I ain't got first and third with one out, having my guy stand up there and taking called strike three. Because he's in the muck and the mire and the goop and the slop. Because this series, as I said last night, this is the most important series in baseball to date this year. This is the most important series played in baseball to date this year. We're in the middle of August. It's pennant race time. The haves and the have-nots are separating themselves out. Braves are trying to catch the Mets right now. You get through this, you only got three games left against them, not until October. So if you don't get it done now, you got a scoreboard watch because you got a whole bunch of games to make up, right? Still got a whole bunch of games you got to make up. And and the only way you're going to do it is you got to take care of business in this series head-to-head against the Mets. So I give Snicker all the credit in the world for sticking with this, stay with it. Let's keep this particular lineup all through the week. I want to see it against the Mets. I want to see it for these final two games against the Mets. And I want to see it for the series against the Astros. And then, look, to be honest with you, you get back to Pittsburgh. You get back to the Dirtbag Pirates, the Fleabag Marlins, the Pawn Scum Nationals. Right? All those, you know, whatever. I, who else we got? You know, the, 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 the sludge and muck of the Rockies or whatever. Right? All these flea bag, dirt bag, you know, franchises. Play them then. You know, play them against those bad teams. Because even if he's mucking it up out there, we got plenty of other guys that can get it done in the middle of that lineup. Just don't let me see some of these muck and mire guys against these best teams. You've had all season long to get it figured out and get it together. And if we're middle of August and you're still not figuring it out, then you're going to be in trouble. I think, by the way, too, here's a funny stat about uh, Ozuna, uh, by the way, too, because I was looking this up uh, the other day. For the month of August, if this is and this is possible in baseball, Ozuna's hitting a buck seventy-eight in August. His on-base percentage is one seventy-four. Because I think he's reached via error or something like that, which lowers your on-base percentage or something like that. So kudos to Snit. Let's keep this lineup cooking and going, and let's not add any muck, mire, filth, goop, slop, sludge, anything like that in there. All right, when we get back, Joe Patrick is going to join us. We'll talk some Falcons football with him. Falcons did make some cuts today. We'll go over all of that at the top of the hour in the Falcons flyover. Chuck Green, the key studios, sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Sports Radio 929 The Game. It is a John Chuckery show live on this Tuesday evening back in the Key Studios. 
Falcons uh, made some cuts today. We're trimming this roster down. We're getting ready for preseason game number two coming up on Monday in Detroit. Let's head to the waitforward.com hotline. Let's talk to our uh, Falcons reporter here for 92 on the game. Joe Patrick is joining us. Follow Joe on Twitter at JAPatrick200. Joe, as always, man, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a, a few minutes this evening. Thanks for having me on, Chuck. I always uh, like jumping on talking with you. So, you know, looking at the list of guys who got cut today, no real surprises there, nobody of note or merit. Are there some players that you're watching over this next week or two that might be a little bit of a surprise that you're kind of looking to see if they could get cut? Is there anybody that you're kind of specifically watching to see if they make this roster or not? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a brutal thing to talk about, right? Because it's like, a, you know, a player's livelihood, of course. So it's tough, but it's obviously just a part of the game. And actually, Arthur Smith was talking about it today, just talking about how, you know, you just you got to have dignity and stuff when you when you go through these things. But it's a natural part of the game that, you know, there's a limited amount of roster spots. And, you know, some guys aren't going to make it. Some guys, honestly, who might make it on other teams, but for one reason or another, uh, on this particular team, might not or will not. And, uh, yeah, I was actually just thinking that, you know, because – some of these competitions are really close. I mean, I know when we talk about this Falcons roster, a lot of the you know, talk is that about, you know, this lack of quality, uh, at least compared to other teams in the league. But, you know, we've talked about on your show before that you look at some of these position groups and there really are some interesting battles. And I think that where the toughest cuts are going to come is going to be at those positions. So the ones I'm thinking of are, you know, at the running back position, you've got a lot of guys who are performing well so far in training camp, and there's just simply not enough room for all of them to make it. At defensive back, I think the same thing. It's probably the strongest group on this team, and there's just simply not enough spots for guys. Uh, and at wide receiver, I would say, you know, there are some interesting guys that have been kind of part of this team um, that you just don't know whether they're going to make it. So I know I know you're you're looking for specific names. I think one of the surprising ones that I think has kind of risen up people's ranks in the last, well, since the, <laughs> the preseason game on Friday would be Quadri Allison. He's a guy who's kind of floating around on the practice roster before and obviously come up to the NFL level and, and produce a little bit. I've always liked Quadri Allison, actually, uh, and, I, and I still hope that he does make the practice squad, but um, I wasn't quite as high on him uh as a lot of people seem to be coming out of that preseason game it wasn't because the production was lacking i just thought that he was kind of running through the holes that were created for him and i just didn't really see anything special there and it's just a tough room because you've got obviously cordero patterson who's going to be on the team you got tyler algier who's going to be on the team because of the way he was drafted you've got a veteran in damian williams uh who's going to be very hard to knock off this team and you've got an Avery Williams who is going to have a role on this team as a special teams guy, primarily as a returner and things that you really could see him being utilized in the passing game, kind of as a, a James White style kind of um, guy who can make things happen in space. So to me, that leaves Quadri Olsen kind of between a rock and a hard place right now. And I think that, again, you go to the, some of these other roster spots, you hear these other positions, and there's kind of similar guys uh, in multiple different areas. Joe, um, you know, I, I... I know I'm frustrated by the Drake London injury, and I know the coach is saying it's not serious or anything, and I get that. He's not going to practice this week for all intents and purposes. He's not going to play in the second preseason game. You think he plays against Jacksonville? You think that they try to get him in? I understand he's going to start. He's on your roster. You don't have to worry about it. You only care about week one. 
I know how rookie wide receivers are in this league. Not everybody's Julio Jones and Randy Moss when they come into the league. There are guys that need adjustments and things. Not everybody goes out like Jamar Chase and has 1,500 yards in their rookie season. What does your gut tell you about whether or not he plays against Jacksonville in that final preseason game? Yeah, you know, so it's interesting, Chuck. I was actually talking to Brian Edwards today about this after practice uh, because he's a guy who obviously missed the first preseason game. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury. He's back at full speed, by the way. All the non-contact jerseys are, are off of him, so I think that he's happy for that. And I asked him, I said, you know, are you champing at the bit to kind of get into the second preseason game, or are you just cool kind of, you know, making it to, making it to week one healthy because that obviously is the goal for this team. And I kind of thought he would say, you know, I'll play as much as they want, but, you know, you know, get me to the preseason, get me to the regular games, get me to the games that, that actually matter and what I get my, my, my paycheck for. But he actually said, you know, last year in, in Las Vegas, he didn't play preseason. And he said that you know, a lot of the starters didn't. And he said that they came out in that first week and they were really slow. And the game was kind of too fast for him. Um, and he kind of wished he had had it more time in camp. So he said that he wants to play. And so for that reason, you know, I say that I think that, yes, it is obviously about getting out of camp injury free. But at the same time, and I think especially for a rookie, like you said, you want them to have a taste of what the speed is like at the NFL level because it is obviously different. It's like the best of the best in the world. That's what they do, right? Uh, with all that said, <laughs> highly doubt that Drake London does play another preseason snap just because of the injury. Um, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll revise my opinion on this later on. Maybe if he surprisingly returns to practice late in the week for the joint practices, or maybe if he's back in practice ahead of that Jacksonville game, then if that happens, I definitely could see it. But um, if he's wearing the non-contact stuff leading up to that game, it's just it's just hard for me to see the Falcons wanting to put him in that position. And, and Arthur Smith, to his credit, has been very intentional about saying, like, we are not going to put anybody in danger of, you know, letting an injury get worse uh, by a preseason game. And I think that the, the, the coaching staff actually would rather have these guys available for non-contact in practice and sit out a preseason game uh, when it comes to evaluating them and getting them involved and getting the offense installed uh, in their own head. So um, it's a tough one. Obviously, it's a balancing act that you play with all these individual players. And for some people, uh, for some players, you need to see them play in preseason games more than others. But right now, I think for Drake London, they're going to try to see if they can just get him to week one at 100% health. Falcons reporter Joe Patrick joining us here in the WadeFord.com hotlines. We'll get ready for Falcons preseason game number two coming up on Monday evening in, D uh, sorry, in New York against the uh, New York Jets. Um, I know the center battle is going to go down all the way as far as who's going to be the starter. That's going to go all the way into week one prep and things like that. After Friday, I know Hennessy kind of ran some first-team snaps, if you will, yesterday when I was out there, but... Do you get any sort of sense about anybody has taken the lead in that starting center spot, or is it still really a true neck-and-neck neck race at this point? It still seems neck-and-neck neck to me, and I think that this second preseason game, again, assuming both these guys are healthy and ready to play, I think that that will give us a much better indication as to where the Falcons are. If we once again in the second preseason game see Matt, Matt Hennessy just take all the reps with the first team with the first unit and not mix and match at all. Uh, I think that it's most likely his job. And I actually asked Arthur Smith about this today, just not about the center position, but just the offensive line in general. 
um, saying like, do you, have you made progress in determining who the starting offensive line is going to be from where you were, you know, a couple of weeks ago? And he gave a pretty definitive yes. Now he's not going to get into specifics as to which players are locked in and all that. Uh, I think that obviously part of that is Caleb McGarry is pretty clearly locked down the right tackle spot. I mean, he, no one, Jermaine Effetti has not taken a rep there, which we all kind of thought that was going to be more of a battle. So I think that that's clearly one part of it that Arthur Smith was probably getting at there. But I, I do think that this offensive line is pretty much coming together. But I think that this center position is the last spot where we see a true battle going on. And so um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think Matt Hennessy is probably in the lead. Again, Just this is kind of just going off of, the way that the playing time was distributed in that first preseason game against the Lions. And that's why I think that this second one coming up on Monday is going to be important uh, as well. Um, by the way, and I've talked to guys, I've talked to like Dave Archer. I, I, Drew Dahlman was really getting a lot of positive, uh, you know, talk coming out of that game. He got a lot more playing time than Matt Hennessy, of course. Um, so I think that, you know, it's not all, it's not like it's out, it, you know, Drew Dahlman's out of this thing, but I would say right now, Matt Hennessy is in the lead in that battle. Joe, um, if there's anything I did learn or kind of the light bulb went off on Friday, Rashawn Evans is going to lead this team in tackles this year. And I have this <laughs> sense that he is going to he's going to have one of those Devondre Campbell, Foyer Lewican types of years for this team. Any other declaratives that you felt like you felt like were, you know, like you came out of Friday night and said, okay, this is what's going to happen now. Anything like that? Like, like I said, I think Evans has shown he's going to lead this team in tackles. Anything like that for you? Um, yeah, well, you know, the one thing that I kind of uh, that kind of jumped out at me, and I think that this may not have jumped out to a lot of other people that haven't been watching training camp, but I was actually pleasantly surprised with what we saw from the team's edge rushers, and I'm going to single out Arnold Ebicady. Uh I thought that he actually got a lot of consistent pressure on the quarterback despite not ever registering a sack and I was impressed to see that because it's frankly not something I had seen I thought we would see a lot more kind of um, plays made frankly by Arnold Levicati in this training camp and maybe it's just from our vantage point from where we're watching practice on the sideline it is a lot kind of harder to tell exactly what's going on in the trenches it's much easier to see when you've got that nice tv broadcast camera for these preseason games but I was really encouraged by his level of play. And I think that overall you just saw a team that to me seemed just faster, more physical. Uh, they did seem like they had a lot of the penalties and things like that sorted out, which was a problem for the team going into last year. I know that, you know, with Arthur Smith coming in, you thought that that was going to be something that got straightened out, but obviously it was still a big issue for this team. I think that some of those things are some of the more impressive, some of the things at least that for me that I, took away from that game. I would say the same thing that you said, Chuck, which is that Rashawn Evans is going to be a guy who is all over kind of the middle of that field, just kind of a, a junkyard dog style linebacker who's just going to be just eating up a ton of tackles like that uh, and doing a lot of blitzing as well. So I think there's still a lot to be determined, but I think that all the signs that we saw from that from that game were, were relatively good. There wasn't too many negatives coming out of that Detroit game. Last thing, Joe, I've got just a, a minute left. Uh, Desmond Ritter obviously played well. Um, you know, we know the plan is for him to play a crap ton in the preseason. Do you think that they still push him hard in these preseason games? Or if he continues to play well, do you think that they try to give Felipe Franks a little bit of a look just to see whether or not that, okay, it makes sense to keep him on the 53 man? Because I think Felipe Franks probably makes the 53, but he's one of those borderline guys and 
maybe if he can, you know, look like he could play some quarterback if something happened. So you think the plan would be to really push Ritter hard in these next two games, or if he plays well, maybe kind of slow him down just a little bit and, and you know, not try to overwork him or, or potentially get him hurt? Yeah. Yeah, I think in the second game, we're probably going to see something similar to what we saw in the first game. I would guess we'd see a little bit more Mariota in the second game, that just because that, that seems to be the trend in the NFL. But I think in that third game, we're going to see quite a bit of Felipe Franks. And Arthur Smith said at the beginning of training camp that they were going to kind of focus on his quarterback playing like a little bit later in camp. I think they wanted them to really focus on the tight end work at the beginning of camp. And then what they really want to do is just kind of get him ready to come into some of those emergency situations by the time the season starts. And all of that, the way that Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith described that at the time, on top of the way that Felipe Franks has performed in this training camp makes me think that, yes, he is kind of a, you know, a question mark, as, but he, he's like, he's like the most of a lock as you can be for a guy who's in his kind of position to make this roster because of the way that he's shown uh, his versatility on the field. I just don't think that quarterback play from him is going to come until that third game, but I will say Chuck, like, he has actually looked relatively good when he when he has played quarterback in training camp because he does he is getting snaps every once in a while they'll rotate him through for a couple and uh, he's throwing the ball well I mean he's made some bad decisions I think that that's to be expected when you're not getting the normal reps you're just going to you know have some brain fart moments but uh, the way he throws the ball is really good he's got good arm strength he's locating it pretty well for the most part. So I think you're, you're, you know, it's not just the emergency quarterback situation that you can use with a player like him, especially if he is as threatening as he is at tight end. You can use him with some on some gadget plays, and I think again because of all that, he's not going to be want, not going to be someone that the Falcons want to expose to waivers if they use a cut. So I think that he's very likely to make the squad, and we'll see a lot more of him later on in this preseason. Follow uh, all of his coverage at JAPatrick200 on Twitter. Joe Patrick joined us here on the WaitForIt.com hotline. As always, Joe, appreciate it, brother. Thanks for a few minutes. We'll chat here soon. Yep, thanks for having me on, man. Thanks. John Chuckery will be back. Sports right now to the game, the Odyssey.com app. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.